Welcome to the Columbus Connection, a weekly public affairs program produced in, for, and about Columbus County, North Carolina. Now here's your host, the managing editor of Columbus County News, Jefferson Weaver. Hello everyone, this is Jefferson Weaver with the Columbus Connection from WTXY and ColumbusCountyNews.com. I'm here with my farm-friendly friend, Lacey Hello Yama. there. Howdy. That's, howdy. Are you ready for springtime? Oh, more than ready. And have you seen how amazing all the greens are out there right now? Yep. I can't. You can't even count how many shades of green there are. All sorts of shades of green, and we've got things that are starting to flower up, which are making our little bee friends happy so they can start pollinating. Exactly. Our butterflies are starting to come. Yep. They're showing up. They need some food. So what can people do right now? I mean, it's a little bit late for planning some of those types of things, isn't it? It, Well, it depends on where you're going to put them. So I know a lot of people are hesitant to buy annuals because it costs money. And they don't come back year after year. However, annuals complete their entire life cycle in this one season. Gotcha. Which means they're going to come up, get flowered, and be flowered, and provide that nectar really early on. So the best way to plant annuals is from seeds because it's a lot cheaper. You can buy a pack of seeds for $3.50. Right. And you can spread them out. You could start them indoors if you wanted to. Right now, you don't really need to start them indoors. Yeah, we live that, in a place. I think we're probably listening to our meteorologist, Chris Colley. I think we're probably past the last of our cold weather now. Exactly. So freezing is the chances of freezing is hopefully gone. Fingers hopefully. crossed. Perfect. Fingers hopefully. crossed. <laughs> and which means if you do want to get your seed in a little container, just keep it outside. It's perfectly fine. Now, with the drier weather in the spring, uh, make sure you're keeping it watered, not soaking wet. It'll The roots won't like that. And your annuals are going to pop up and be ready to feed those pollinators really quickly. Oh, yeah. Zinnia, Cosmos. That's what I was about to ask. Yes. What are some good ones in there? And so you go, um, right now, Walmart has a brand called Back to the Roots. I found them years ago when I was living in Colorado, and they are a, they were a startup of these two young gentlemen that were wanting to get seeds out there that were healthy for the entire ecosystem, including insects. So they haven't been treated with chemicals. Okay. Walmart sells them. You go into their garden section. It's called Back to the Roots, and you can buy a packet of zinnia for less than $4, and you'll get 50 plants. Oh, my goodness. I promised myself, I've been working like crazy this year, and I promised myself, you know, I'm not going to plant too much, and I'm not going to go overboard. Come on. (laughs) You should see the greenhouse. (laughs) It's exploding. I can't help it. Basil. Do you know how easy basil is to grow? It is so easy to grow. And if you're not harvesting it to eat, which you should grow some to do that as well. Yeah, that's good for you. Some that you don't, it flowers. Now that I have no idea. And the butterflies love Parsley flowers. Parsley flowers, I knew about yeah. actually. Carrot flowers. Basil flowers. All these beautiful herbs that grow really quickly and tolerate our crazy, hot, dry, wet weather. Those <laughs> as, are the ones as you want to get. I say out there. too often if you don't like the weather in North Carolina, <laughs> wait 15 minutes. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so that's kind of neat. I didn't realize the vegetable flower. I oh. should have realized it, that the vegetable flowers would be that much more attractive, or that attractive as well. The vegetable zucchini. And the herbs. 
Right? Like when I learned last year, and I didn't know this, that when a zucchini flowers, it's either going to be the male flower or the female flower. The female flower will have the fruit will have the actual zucchini. Okay. The zucchini, we, we call it, it's the ovary of the plant. Gotcha. Um, and it will develop from the pollen of the male flower when it fertilizes the eggs in that female flower. That ovary grows into the zucchini. Okay. Those flowers are super beneficial, not only for the pollinators, but also for our farmers. Because that's how their crops get pollinated. Right. Is, you know, you could go out there with a toothbrush and, you know, pollinate yourself. Yeah, that, that's something we got to stick in here. We, yeah, people, for some reason, I, I just don't understand where they, how they've been missing it. They don't understand how important the bees and the pollinators are. That's one of the reasons for our beekeeper society here is the folks have stepped up and recognized that. That's one reason for your efforts and the efforts of other folks to get bee-friendly plants out there. Because if we don't have pollinators, we don't have anything to eat. That's correct. And our bee group here, the Columbus County Beekeepers, they're an amazing, active group. And if you don't want to keep bees, you can still go to their meetings and be involved with that bee education. Um, I I was actually talking to a fellow just this past week who did that very same thing. He lives here in the city. He lives in a townhouse, so he can't really keep bees. But he wants to help. And he's helping to get some, you know, bee feeder places started, as he called them, here in the city. And this is something he's just walking around doing. I know. It's great, right? Yeah. So the other thing that gets me really excited, not only spring. Everything gets you really excited. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Um, But I don't know if you've noticed, Whiteville is offering so many positive experiences for our citizens. Yeah. Columbus County. People have been working so hard for this for a long time. The Rotary. We've got um, the Monarch Meetup is coming up in May, which is a time for us to educate. Why do we care about monarchs? Who cares about this little silly butterfly? It's a reason to learn more and figure out how to move forward. What can I plant? Um, the Rotary is offering some really great programs. They're doing a derby coming up, the Kentucky Derby with a hat contest. Okay. That will be super cool. Um, the museum is offering lots of programs. There's a pecan day this weekend. Yeah. Um, I know the Honey Festival. There's just so many wonderful, rich. The Oh, Earth Day. Yep. April Earth 22nd. Day coming up on the 22nd. Every day is Earth Day. And that's just been growing. Every day is Earth Day. Every day is Earth Day. <laughs> but I'll be out at the... Um, Southeastern Community College for their big event. And my plan is we're going to make seed cakes. And seed cakes, the idea behind that is instead of getting those tiny little individual seeds, we actually go ahead and mash it into the matrix. Okay. And you take that, and if you want, you can throw it out in your field and see what happens. Oh. Or you could plant it in your garden bed. Or you could, you know, plant it in a flower pot. You get to decide what to do with that. But a great way to... Spread those seeds. Well, that was something I did just a while back. I found a bag, a partial bag of pasturage that had somehow or another gotten wet, and I think I just forgotten to cast over the side. Well, I opened it up, and there's these great big lumps of seed in there. I'm like, well, I need to get them cleaned out anyway. 
So I threw them around. So now I have all these nice little bunches of rye growing in the middle of my pasture. So I mean, they're, yeah, they can last a lot longer. I mean, they can survive. They're a lot more resilient than people realize sometimes. Yes. And there's no need to throw it in the garbage. Correct. I mean, throw it out there, and I mean, soil one thing, rocks never. You, you know, you don't throw it in garbage. No. You throw it out there because if nothing eats it. It might still have some life in there somewhere. And it'll decompose and become part of the entire ecosystem, right? Like that idea that we want to create these layers of organic matter to feed our soil. And we're going to need to take a break real quick. But when we come back, you just led that in perfectly. I want, if we can, I want to talk about composting. We'll talk about layers. Okay. Sure. We'll be right back with more of the Columbus Connection. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. 800-741-5819. 800-741-5819. That's 800-741-5819. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. And welcome back to the Columbus Connection, everyone. This is Jefferson Weaver. I'm here with my dear friend, Lisa Gemma. Howdy, y'all. Let's talk about composting. A lot of people... I've got different ways of doing it now. I mean, I grew up with a really simple wireframe thing in the backyard. It was my job every evening after supper. I carried all the clippings, all the leftovers that didn't get eaten by the animals, which I was a fat little kid, so there weren't a lot of leftovers, period. But everything that Mama didn't eat, everything Mama used in the kitchen, it was my job to carry it out there, including coffee grounds and everything else. And I can remember we put the layers of newspaper in and everything else. Ours was really simple, but we used it a lot. Now, there's a lot. That was a lot of work. But you can have good compost without having a whole lot of work now, can't you? And I think the problem with the word compost is it can mean so many different things to different people, depending on how you're using it. And it's intimidating. Yeah. What do I have to buy this big box and what do I have to put it in? Do I have to go out and stir it every day and what do I have to do? The idea I mean, that, that's the thing a lot of people mm-hmm. talk about is having to stir it every single mm-hmm. day. Not necessarily. It depends on what your end goal with your compost is. If you want to compost to make rich organic matter quickly to put back in your garden, then those composting bins might be a good solution. I want to compost and many people want to compost just to keep food scraps out of the landfill. That's our primary purpose. Exactly. So if that compost never makes it to a garden bed, it makes it to the earth. It makes it to the land. The landfill, when we dump things off, gets covered and buried. 
That is not a place that is um, conducive for life. And on top of that, it's inside of styrofoam or it's inside of plastic or it's inside of something that we can't necessarily do anything with. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm all about saving any kind of resource. I hate wasting a resource. Agreed. So when you have food scraps, no matter what they are, and there's ways to compost it, like vegetable scraps, fruit scraps, super easy, super simple. You can literally just dig a hole and put it in there. If you're worried about predators, you could do a screened in area. Um, if you're worried about predators, do it further away if you have the space to do that. Um, if you um, really want to compost and you don't feel like there's a place to do that, that is the movement that Columbus County can be a part of. New Hanover County now has a company that will come pick up your food scraps. Oh, that's they will compost it. They also will turn around and sell what they've composted back as organic matter. That's kind of the next level. My level is I have a bin. It's got uh, chicken wire siding. And I throw my food scraps in there. Do I stir it every day? No, 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 no. Well, we've got, I mean, we've got a couple of very casual places, you know, at our house where we just put the stuff out. Yep. And it's primarily to keep it out of the trash can. People are worried about ants. Ants are actually great composters. So would you rather have the ants come in your house and look for food or stay out in your compost bin and yeah. look for food? I like my ants to stay out. I'd rather the ants stay outside. Thank you very much. Stay outside where the chickens can eat too. them. Right. I am, there. Our new um, North Carolina Extension Program from NC State is a wonderful resource. It's free. Um, You can get online and you can look up composting. I know that our county extension, the new director that's here, um, is ready. Like, let's get going. Let's see what we can do. So if someone is particularly interested in compost, reach out to the radio station. another place we can sit there and push right there that people don't have any idea. They think of cooperative extension and they think, okay, it's just for farmers. Farmers. It's not just for farmers. There's all kinds of resources out there. And like you said, they're free. These people are like waiting for the opportunity to help someone. I know there's a 4-H program coming up. So if you have kids and you want them to be involved, please reach out to the county extension. Great opportunity. And that's good healthy stuff as well. I mean, so the, so the young one might bring home a sheep sometime. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I need a sheep for my project. Well. <laughs> Maybe not room for everybody, but hey, still. <laughs> exactly. Um, I just think people need to not worry about expectations from other people of what composting is what does composting mean to you what is your end goal and if you need to reach out we can put you in touch with the right people so what should they call the, the radio station they call you yeah they can call me that's all right i'll just transfer them on to somebody else <laughs> <laughs> we're all about we're all about information at txy exactly. and ccn so exactly all right, so we've got this nice compost pile going on, mm-hmm. or compost bin going on, or just compost dump going on back at the edge of the woods. What are we going to do with it? Well, we live in North Carolina, and let me tell you, which you all know, decomposition is quite rapid here. Yeah. You will be shocked at how quickly those food particles break down that you won't ever have an overload of compost problems. I think that's something that other people worry about. It's going to stink. If you have, and so one of the things with compost that you can add is um, some sort of dry carbon. So dry carbon means like you mowed the grass and you do want to take those 
the plant cr- grass clippings and put them somewhere, dry them out first, that now is dry carbon. Cardboard. You ordered your favorites, whatever, from Amazon, and now you have this cardboard box that you don't know what to do with, and you definitely don't want that cardboard box to go to the landfill. There's no reason for cardboard to yep. go to the landfill. Please uh, tear it up. That's a great activity for your kids. Tear up that cardboard box, remove the tape, because that's plastic, and throw that in your compost pile. You will be amazed at how quick it will decompose. And you don't have to do anything with it. I don't do, I compost and leave it, and it never fills up. It decomposes that fast. If you have a ton, a ton of scraps, I'm sure there's somebody with a pig. Well, there's be somebody around with a hog. <laughs> somebody with a I bird. have two pigs. They would love some Oh, scraps. bless your heart. I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> They're not as fun as I thought they would be. Yeah. 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 But we'll, we'll worry about hogs another day. But, yeah, that's, a, that's one of those lessons you learn the hard way sometimes. Exactly. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, what kind of special things would people need to do if, say, you know, they've got a medium or even just a small garden or just, you know, just little raised beds there in the front yard? I was talking to a young lady this morning, a few minutes after 7 o'clock. Hey, how do I get a hold of Milton Parker to talk about my, you know, getting a raised bed built? What do I need to do? So, yeah, can you just put any of that compost in there? So, no, your compost needs to age and it needs to have time to decompose before you actually add it to your garden. And part of the reason is that that beneficial bacteria hasn't been developed yet. Gotcha. So in your compost bin, when those ants come in, when those worms come in, when those flies come in, right? Like it seems like it's going to be gross, but all of those organisms are breaking down that organic matter. You might even have some mushrooms growing in there. That's wonderful. That fungi is actually decomposing that matter. It takes a while, and that's the challenging part, right? If you have one of those bins that you turn, it's faster. If you want to put your compost in the ground or out in a bin and you just want to ignore it, about a year later, you can use that material. And that's kind of what I do. I just ignore it. I actually compost all of my chicken poop, and I have a lot of chicken poop. (laughs) We were talking about your flock. (laughs) Yes. My flock of 80 girls, I have 80 girls right now, and they, they have a lot of poop. Yeah. And that is beautiful rich organic matter but it's too strong to put directly on the plants right too much nitrogen so you put it in that compost bin you add your dried leaves your grass clippings your sticks your cardboard and a year later you will have some beautiful compost just a, a little bit of patience to go in there for that which i'm all about having something i can ignore for a while but you've got a little up. bit going on. you got a little bit of work to do out there. So. Right. <laughs> so we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back with more of the Columbus Connection. How would you like to get high-speed Internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast Internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your Internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast Internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. 
amazed. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it. And you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees, and our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-631-1768. 800-631-1768. 800-631-1768. That's 800-631-1768. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jefferson Reaper from ColumbusCountyNews.com and WTXY. I'm here with my buddy, Lacey Nyama. We're talking about natural stuff. Natural. All natural here, y'all. All natural. All natural. What the heck does that mean? What does that mean? Right? I know. It's very confusing. And I'm a science teacher, right? Like, a lot of people know that. And, And in science, we use words differently than I say normal people, right? Like, in our regular language um so that word natural in science denotes from nature organic all organic means is the base is carbon so that idea of what is natural is very confusing to people it's the same for native so i say a lot plant native plant native go find native seeds go find native plants well what in the world does that mean and unfortunately or fortunately it means something different to everyone, yeah. which means you can develop your own definition and support the ecosystem. Native could be it was in North America before Europeans brought stuff. Okay. Native could be it was in North America for the past 200 years. Native could be it was in North America for the past hundred years. That's a lot of people don't realize, you know, from you know, my, my hunting and trapping friends out there don't realize Gray and red foxes, as we know them, did not exist in America before the settlement. Right. Yeah, and, and but they mean, are a part of our ecosystem but now. now they're, they're a natural part of the ecosystem exactly. now. They have a natural place in the food chain. They're natural predators. And it's just kind of confusing. Because people have been around for now. They haven't been around forever. Not here. And there's a, there's a certain idea. Okay, so if you are going to choose a plant that's not native, make sure... It's not invasive. There we go. So English ivy. It's really pretty. It's really cool. It grows really fast. It's invasive. It'll choke out your native flora and fauna. So that fauna is your insects, your birds, your fungi. And the reason why I'm bringing those up, because if you don't have native plants, you won't have our native pollinators, our bees, are butterflies, which means you won't have those caterpillars, which means you won't have those birds. So one of the ones that sticks out with some of the research that I've been reading is crepe myrtle. Mm. It is beautiful and it grows fast and it grows really well here. Awesome. Don't let that be the only thing you grow. It is not a great piece for our environmental, for that whole ecosystem. It does create habitat and shelter, but there really isn't any beneficial pollinators that eat its leaves, eat its bark, which is probably why people like it. Yeah. If nothing's eating your garden, you're not part of the ecosystem. It's a good way to put that. If I don't have to defend it against something, then we're not doing something right. And if everything is 
in balance, they'll defend against each other. You won't have an aphid explosion if you have a balance of your other pollinators and your other insects. So what happens when we plant invasive, like Chinese wisteria, we actually have a native wisteria, and I'm telling you, wisteria is beautiful, right? But the Chinese wisteria chokes them out. Um, What's that one with the pink, and it looks like a puffball from Dr. Seuss? Mimosa. Yes. Those trees are fun and awesome looking, super invasive. Yeah. And they will choke out your natives, and they sell them in the store. They sell them in the stores, and people are happy to share them. All just about all my life, we have always had mimosas around the house. You know, my I didn't know her personally, but at least one of my great grandmothers loved them. My grandmother loved them. One thing she loved about visiting us in North Carolina was the fact that we could grow the mimosas. My mom and dad had them. My wife loves them. No, if they're you, pretty, if you want to plant a mimosa, awesome. Plant it in a spot where you can pick up those seed droppings. Yep. So that they don't replant themselves. And your neighbors will thank you too, because it'll go into their yard. Um, that And so that that idea of there are things you can plant to support the ecosystem. There are things you pl- can plant like um, Eastern Redbud. Yep. That tree is spectacular, native, medium growing. One of the problems is our native plants don't grow as fast. Yeah. Which... And let's face it, somebody dropped a couple thousand dollars in the yard, they want to look pretty next spring. Correct. And it's just not the way nature works. I know. In the meantime, get a couple of things in there that look great and you can get going. But think about the future. Think about 10 years from now. And I know it's really hard to think of 10 years from now, but so many people in our community have owned their land for so long. And they do have 100-year-old oaks. And those are native trees, our pecans. Uh, right. I mean, those are just the, and they have to be taken care of. Yeah, that's the thing. They can be choked out, whether and not necessarily just from the ivy. But the, I mean, of course, from our good old friend Kudzu, which was one of the biggest oh, mistakes ever Lord made. And bamboo, my goodness. I've had two people this spring, and I'm not going to embarrass either one of you because <laughs> I think the world of you. But two separate people have come to me saying, I think I want to get me some bamboo and plant it so I'll be able to have fishing poles there at the house. And I, I, one of them, I was close enough, I could say, are you crazy? Yep. You won't have a house in 10 years. Correct. And that's really hard to think about the future because it is about today and what my yard looks like today. My yard looks a mess right now because everything's starting to come back. Yeah. Um, my, my perennials, right? Like those things you planted last year that didn't look that great. Um, foxglove. Your eastern columbine, one of the true winners of our ecosystem, blooms early in the spring. But if you planted it right now, you're not going to reap its benefits till next spring. And that doesn't fly for a lot of people. The best thing for reaping benefits quick, herbs. Yep. You plant parsley, you're going to get black swallowtails in a week. That's cool. Yep. I mean, that's, and, that, and at the same time, I mean, that gives us two pretty things to look at as well as doing some good. I mean, you've got that's the, right. the and you could eat some and if you wanted you to. You could eat, so you could like smell the flowers, and you can look at the butterflies and the caterpillars, and be kind of confident that you're doing some good at the same time. Exactly, and breathe deep. Remember to take your shoes off in the grass every once in a while. I've had to remind myself, even me, even like earthy me, the other day was like, 
I know, you wear shoes. Really? Uh, I know, I know, I know. I well, fire ants, right? That's a uh, whole yeah, other point, category. I know, but create a space where you know that you can sink your feet into that earth and be connected. Well, let's see. You've got some books with us today. Yes, yes, yes. Tell us about these books and so, and why these books are important here. Because a lot of this stuff, we can't go over everything in the little bit of time that we've got that we can talk. Correct. We, we could do three or four programs and might possibly start to scratch the surface. But through the wonder of reading, through the wonder of books. Websites. Websites. There and are I think resources. I'll skip this one for now, and we can talk about that one at a later date. The, the Douglas Tallamy is a scientist and an author. He has started a movement called Homegrown National Park. I have no affiliation with him. I do not know him. I just found his writing and have started following him on social media. His goal is if every person did what they could, right? Like it's so overwhelming. I cannot control. I want to sit down. I try to push so much. You can do something. I mean, it's usually it's when we're talking about animal rescue. I mean, you can do a little something. If you can save one critter, if you can help find one critter at home, you've played a role. If If you can't plant a five acre garden in your backyard, if you can't tear your whole yard up, and turn it into a pollinator haven, you can still do something. Right. And one thing you can do is plant some seeds in a pot and put it on your windowsill or on your porch or around you. The what you can do gets overpowered by, oh, yeah, but the businesses do this and the businesses do that. I have no control over what the business does. I only have control over what I'm going to do. There we go. Douglas Tallamy's idea of homegrown national park is that in in such you are going to have a space that pollinators come in and there will be a corridor that's built because my yard has it. Jefferson's yard has it. My neighbor down the street has it. And those pollinators can hop and hop and hop. He has a young adult version of his book, um, Bringing Nature Home, uh, was his older book. And then he has a newer one since then. But Nature's Best Hope. And you can put this on your website. You can make take a picture. We can probably make yeah. That and this will can be posted and on the that website. That looks like it would be fun. I mean, that's just, everything with kids has gotten doesn't always have to be fun, but it makes it easier to get. kids It's more accessible. It's yeah, it's more accessible. Like I can sit down, and the 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 words are bigger, which for my old lady eyes are very helpful. Um, there's pictures, there's graphics, there's diagrams, and it makes it really accessible for finding out more. Um, I will have my book copy at the Monarch Meetup. I will be there helping people. Where can I go? I've been growing milkweed. Don't worry. I've got a lot of milkweed started. I plan to have it um, at the meetup. I've discovered I'm not a business person. I really dislike the business side of everything um, because I don't want to exchange money. I just want to say, don't, don't you want to plant? I just want to save the world. I just want to save the world. <laughs> And on that note, we're saving the world inch by inch, friend. That's right. A little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. A little tiny bit at a time. So the books again is Nature's Best Hope by Douglas W. Tallamy, T-A-L-L-A-M-Y. And he has both the grown-up version and the little kid's version. little kid's version, or the kid's version, the family version, is Nature's Best Hope. The grown-up version is Bringing Nature Home, How You Can Sustain Wildlife with Natural Plants. 
these are just some of the resources that are there that'll help out. Exactly. Now tell us about the Monarch Meetup. Well, we still got a minute or two. Okay, May 20th. We will be outside of Penn's Grill in that new space that the city is taking care of. The Lewis Smith um, Shopping Center space. Thank you. Um, we will be set up. There'll be music. There'll be education. It is an event where we want your family and you to come enjoy learning. And, and, and I love that word fellowship. Yeah. I love that in, in our community we talk about that fellowship piece, that community piece. It's not meant to, hey, come and spend a bunch of money because we want – no, not at all. Let's learn about monarchs. Let's make seed cakes. We can do that. Let's go sp- plant some sp- seeds and let's learn more. And that's on May 20th. May 20th, 10 to 2. Cool. And we'll have more about that later on, of yeah. course. Yeah, for sure. Lisa, thank you for coming to of see course. us. Of course. It's always fun. My pleasure. We always have so much cool stuff to talk about. Exactly. And as different as you and I are, that just proves that anybody can get along when it comes we to important stuff. Different. He's lying. We're exactly the truth. Oh, thank you for being with us today on the Columbus Connection. Make it a great week. This is Jefferson Weaver for WTXLine, ColumbusCountyNews.com. This has been the Columbus Connection with Jefferson Weaver. If you have a story that you want to share with us or a comment on a previous program, you can email us at columbusconnection at columbuscountynews.com. The Columbus Connection is produced by Jones Media Partners, and the program is recorded live at the WTXY Studios in downtown Whiteville, North Carolina. Our in-studio producer is Daryl Jackson. Be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Columbus Connection. Thanks for listening. The voice of Whiteville. Doesn't that sound exciting to you? Cool. 103.9.